That's that's supposed okay. to be a beer cap. <clears throat> Gentlemen, Excellent. To, well, to drinking. Hello, everybody. I is, was uh, covering up the microphone there, but hi. My name is Michael Sorensen. And I'm Dave Hanson. And today we have a guest who's not allowed to introduce himself. No, it's great. All right, it's just not... kidding. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Miyamo es Mateo. In English, por favor. My name is Matt Hanson. All right, Matt, can you uh, put your lips closer to, to the microphone? <clears throat> yes. Excellent. Thank you so much. So uh, we are back coming at you with another episode of Men of the Wilderness. And today we have Matt Hansen here to regale us with some stories of heroism. Um, not exactly. Yes, but uh, today we're going to be talking about being a man of action. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, well, we all work together. Yeah. And uh, so we already put up with each other enough. And yet, hey, let's do a podcast together. So yeah, why not? that's a good. Whoa, that's, get out of my that's head. So weird. What are you guys related or something? This is weird. <laughs> we reversed this. We spent 20 minutes on that exact, <laughs> on that exact moment. This yeah. is glorious. Timing is everything. So, uh, so yeah. What were um, you talking about? So what happened? <laughs> we were, they were doing some construction um, across this across the intersection from our, our store that we all work at together. And um, there were a lot of car accidents one day to the point that um, like we had four in one day. This, this was a, this was a Friday, my day off. Yeah, this was a Friday. Mike, Mike wasn't so I, here. I'm experiencing all of this stuff secondhand here. So what's happening is these cars are just colliding wrecks all over the place. And what I realized was, you know, nobody was like, nobody was going out there and helping. Um, I was running out that door every time I heard a crash, helping people get out of their cars and stuff. But what bothered me was nobody else was. A lot of people were just standing around watching, sitting in their cars watching. <clears throat> and one in particular instance um, that happened, this accident happens, and I immediately just bolted out the door. And I'm trying to help this this lady out of her car and next thing i know matt's standing at the other car with a freaking you know what was that like a fire extinguisher i don't know yep. where you even pulled that thing from but <laughs> he pulls this fire extinguisher out of thin air and starts dousing this dude's car and i looked over and i saw just a bunch of people standing around yeah and that really bothered me um, sure. Because here's some people that were in their hour of need. Sure. And while all this was going down, people just standing around watching. Sure. Not even calling 911, just watching. And so I wanted to bring Matt on to kind of tell us kind of what he experienced, what he saw, um, why he did it. And, um, you know, kind of walk us through his reaction, um, what what happened from his perspective? Because I still want to know where that yeah. fire extinguisher came from. Why did you Why did you hop in there and uh, help people out? And it, not not trying to be 
judgmental on all this stuff. Clearly, it's something that um, bothers bothers us when we're not um, all helping each other out and, you know, hippie, friendly, flowery kinds of crap like that. Hello. But, like, you know, we're... We we only get one one chance at this, and uh, we're all we should, together. We should be there to help people out when they need it. Help so. people out and lift each other up. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Matt, tell us tell us kind of walk us through um, what happened. So, at work, sitting there, of course, I hear some tires lock up, and by the time I'd gotten my eyes looking out the window, <clears throat> I'd seen a big old truck with a car on the back towing a car um, with a fireball just coming right out of its hood. And by the time I was able to kind of take my eyes off of what had just happened, about six of my coworkers were just kind of standing around. And I was like, well, you know, I got to get a fire extinguisher and get the fire department out here. We had just done a remodel, so I didn't know where the new fire extinguisher was on our end of the building. <laughs> Uh, which is something I should have probably made, maybe paid more attention to. But, you know, whatever. So I am calling the police while running around looking for a fire extinguisher, and they're asking me all sorts of questions, which I couldn't answer, like, are there injuries? Mm -hmm. <laughs> probably. <laughs> like, there's a truck on fire, so, <laughs> like, it's injured, but I there's can't There's a truck on fire, that. dude, and I'm trying to find a fire extinguisher. That's exactly what I Forgive told Forgive me for calling yeah. you right now. So, Without doing inventory. By the time I found a fire extinguisher, I was tired of kind of answering their questions after I'd given them the location and a brief description of what had happened. So I just put them back in my pocket and ran out the door. And uh, this guy's truck was still on fire, so just doused the thing. About 10 seconds later, Dave's out the door helping the uh, person that that vehicle had collided with out of the, uh, out of the wrecked vehicle. And um, kind of from his perspective, what he had, talk, had talked about is we, we both noticed that we were the only ones really doing anything, which is kind of strange because we work with some people that might come across as burly good dudes. Like manly men. But they were all getting really good-looking dudes like myself. But I was off that day. Yeah, Mike well, had the there's day a off. reason this is a podcast and not a show. Okay, guys? whoa, whoa. Hey, Whoa. you got a you got a face for radio, bro. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> okay, you got a face at best. Um, but Matt, what um, what made you what made you run out the door? What went through your head? Were you thinking about you have to go help these people, or did you just it was the right thing to do. act? It was the right thing to do. I had the means to be able to help, and I think it's irresponsible that if you have the means to help in a situation where there's an emergency. Um, it's, yeah, it's just irresponsible to do, to not help. So were you, were you actively thinking like, oh, I got to help or are you just in reflex mode at this I was just point? instinct. Find the fire extinguisher, put the fire out. Okay. Just like a medical situation. Somebody's okay. bleeding, you stop the bleed. That's like rule number one. Same with fire, I think. And the truck couldn't stop, drop, and roll, so it was up to me to put out, you know? <laughs> well, it could I mean, roll. It I was mean, definitely rolling. It Ford, was rolling. If it's a Ford, I'm sure it's going to roll. No. Um, Bad Ford joke? Okay, excellent. <laughs> it was a so, Chevy, so actually. The, I guess that's why the... I caught fire. <laughs> that's true. Apologize we to all... every Chevy owners. Come see us. We'll hook you up with something None better. of... <laughs> 
the, the three of us own a Chevy truck. Shameless plug. Shameless. Uh, so no, that that was kind of one of the things that when we were talking about um, our show notes and what we're covering and all of that, where it's like, well, is it instinct or is it thought? Because you know, I've I've <laughs> we've definitely had our fair share of accidents at this intersection. Oh yeah, it's a busy intersection. Uh, it's icy and snowy and stuff like that but there there was there was one time i was working there and this accident happened no one saw it they just heard it and you turn around and look at the aftermath and there's a car spun around facing the wrong direction just badly damaged and there was another one like way across. You couldn't figure out what had actually happened because none of it made sense. So you're looking around, looking around, and all of a sudden, oh, there was a third car, and it's not in the intersection. It's in the parking lot of the Caribou and had driven through the bush oh. and hit another parked car. And it was like, apparently he blew the light and caused all this. But... It was it was crazy. I I'm running into it, so my instinct versus thoughtful. I I just I had to think about it, but at the same time, it was like no one else is doing anything. No one else is out there trying to, you know, even take inventory of the situation to figure out is anyone hurt? Uh, no car was on fire. You know what what's going on? Uh, does anyone need help? And it's you know like. Kind of like what you're saying. I, someone, I, I can help. I'm able. If you can help, why not? It's yeah. the right thing to do. So for me, it was more of a more of a thoughtful kind of a action instead of just this automatic reflex. But that's not a bad thing because there's a lot of situations that you have to stop and analyze before you rush into. Oh yeah. Well, it's probably can, smart to analyze. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes that's true. That's true. Some things are instinctual, but some things you need to be very conscious about doing, uh, especially in a self-defense situation or or something thereabouts. Um, but I, I think we've gotten to this point where, and I'd asked one of the coworkers after I doused the fire and made sure everybody's okay and Dave's taking care of the other person and whatnot. You know, I was like, hey, like. How come you didn't help? What's going on, man? You know, like, could have used some help checking on the guy while I was putting a fire out. He was like, well, I knew somebody else would take care of it. And I think the danger, it sucks because there's a certain danger to that. You know, if you rely on somebody else to do everything that's right, eventually there's not going to be anybody around to do what's right or needed. You know, I'm, I'm going to interject myself here, but I, I feel like we've come to that point in our society where, well, that's, that's kind of where men of the wilderness brewed from, you know, this, this idea that there's just, it's kind of been lost. It's a lost art of doing what's right, taking care of everybody around you, being a good steward, being a good neighbor, being just, a good man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I don't know where that necessarily came from, whether it's that's the Facebook. Well, I mean, you could blame social media, you and could blame our, the MyFace space. You could you could blame culture. You could even the go interweb. as far. Yes, you could blame the internet. Cardi B. 
Okay, I we you know had an what? interesting conversation let's, let's about Cardi B let's and her Cardi lips B. and hair I and stuff Cardi like that B being around reason. for what? 400 some odd years after? I think if you anyway. did the math, you and I sat down and did it, it would take about 480 years or so to decompose. Yeah. That's just or, not I'm environmentally sorry. sound. <laughs> Biodegrade. <laughs> okay. Can we start, uh, side note here, but we should probably start like an environmental campaign to have against all of Cardi that, B. Yeah, against Absolutely. Cardi B. Because obviously like you can't recycle her. No, no. Putting if her you, into if the you ground, tried, far too many turtles would get their heads stuck in her. That would be terrible. We don't want this. Guys, save the planet. Okay, we need to bury Cardi B in space. Oh. All right, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. All right. It's environmentally right. conscious. We care. Yeah, here. until she lands up on a different planet. That's fine. What yeah, if she ends that's... up on a different planet and like aliens think that's an accurate representation of all of humanity? Okay, okay. You know now what? we're getting you know too deep that's into that fine. story. That's, that's fine. That was that was basically that. the crux of our conversation, and we don't want to be misrepresented to aliens by Cardi B. Not at all. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. She does not speak for mankind, but she does not. Back to the topic. I think um, I think you could probably pinpoint it to this like we've been demasculated. Like we, as a society, masculinity is frowned upon. Um, you know, we're we're taught that we have to be softer, not manly. Toxic. The softer side of Sears, if you will. Yes. Ouch. R.I.P. Sears. Yep. Best Too soon. To get crafty Too soon. Tools. But no, um, I really, I really do think that. I really do think that the term toxic masculinity inside of itself has kind of helped us get to a point where men aren't going to be men of action anymore they're relying mm. on everybody else well i think I, that and just kind of the way that culture has gone you know uh as society has developed here we've kind of we've kind of bred this it's not my problem kind of mentality mm. in society yes and, and that's why you end up with all these uh videos of you know some getting somebody getting the crap kicked out of them and 13 people standing around and recording or that officer in uh, France that was being gunned down by terrorists, what, some years ago, 16 or 17, and the person just recorded it on their phone from their balcony. Well, that's why he screwed up. Now, I know in France, you know, gun laws are different and crap like that, but I'd like to think that if I was in that situation, maybe I would have cleared leather and, you know, made the steel ring. But, well, but Americans, Americans have a very different philosophy ingrained in us as americans we what, have then this the french yes they oh, run away from everything i give up it's the reason their tanks have three reverse gears and only one forward gear that's why <laughs> yeah. all of all of the french weaponry from world war ii is all sold with the only dropped once never fired stamp on it france you are not our target audience but hey if we, you listen great thank we, you we love crepes hey crepes are awesome i had one at Renfest. j'adore le crepes le crepes Yes, bonjour um, la crepes. But what I'm what I'm saying is Americans iconically act. Um, we are a people of action. It's who we are. We we are seen around the world as people that care. We give the most. We always respond first to natural disasters. We protect our allies, all that good stuff. You know, uh, there was a terrorist attack on a subway, I believe that was in it was in Europe somewhere. And a couple of um, United States servicemen took out the attacker, and they were unarmed. 
and they took this guy down and kept him from killing a lot of innocent people. That's kind of that man of action that we're desperately missing. It's we're desperately needing. God, yeah. yes. And it feels like that that sort of mentality is only coming out of the mental out of the military uh, these days, and not even fully with them. Like I don't want to, you know, say you're right. Yeah, we've military. met some. We've met some people yeah. that don't have good values. A lot of there's a lot serve. of there's a lot of soy boys in the military. Yeah, <laughs> I I think there's <laughs> I think there's definitely a lot there, and we all definitely have our own preconceived thoughts of this that and the other but the 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 point that should not be lost here is the fact that without acting and helping people i mean we're screwed you know what what's what's one of the most common parables in the bible you're just shooting from the hip because we didn't talk about this but the good samaritan yeah absolutely and Samaritans what, were historically supposed not to be the nice lesson. people. Yeah. So what was supposed to be the lesson there? Help people. Help Don't people just walk past them. Yeah. The parable, you know, when when you understand that the Samaritans were were historically not nice or good people, you realize that the, the parable of the Good Samaritan is so powerful because it's this person that comes from a not-so-great culture. Yeah. They went across the grain. Stopped and did the right thing. And that's why it's so powerful. Um, you know, Matt, I want to ask you um, kind of where, where did this mentality of doing the right thing, being a man of action, where did this come from for you? Um, you know, Mike was talking about how he's, how he's, you know, he puts thought into this stuff. And you mentioned that you kind of just you know, you put a little bit of thought into it, but it's mostly instinct. I mean, it sounded like instinct. Yeah, it sounded you like know? mostly instinct and your <clears throat> situational awareness. But I don't know that I would have been spending the time going to look for the fire extinguisher. I, I don't I know in the moment that I would have thought about that. I was in the moment. I didn't even notice the car was on fire. <laughs> so to answer both those questions, <laughs> where that occurs or where that, where that developed from was our father, Dave and I's dad. We're related if, if you guys didn't catch that yet. But our dad spent a good many, many, many years uh, not only teaching us how, how to be good men, but showing us what that meant. Helping those in need, uh, doing what's right, uh, the importance of truth, things like that. And as, as far as what Mike was kind of asking or touching on about it being instinct, you know, and anything kind of can be instinct if you've thought of it before so do you think that it becomes instinct if you practice it oh well, of course yes. absolutely and i was going to touch on something that uh you know, dave and i was probably taught many many years ago uh taking some firearms courses but um mental preparation so okay, yeah. when you prepare for the worst you're usually going to be able to act the best whether that's in a emergency situation where you're coming up on a car that had just collided or whether that's uh, encountering bad actors. Can you, you say that again? <laughs> say the, the worst, you act the best. What was that? How did you put that? Are you taking notes? <laughs> yes. You're taking notes so you can tell your kids. So, oh, I no, need a is... new pen. Give me just one second. Okay, sorry, guys. We're going to... 
Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so something that like when we're learning about uh, self-defense and kind of what it takes mentally to defend yourself, one of the things I remember uh, being touched on heavily, or at least it was ingrained to me, was uh, preparing for the worst. And I truly believe that if you prepare for the worst, you can act your best. Um, when you're in that situation. When you're in that situation. Prepare for the worst, you can act your best. Absolutely. Okay. Because like if you've thought about, uh, you know, like what you're going to do if you come up on a vehicle that has been in a collision and they need medical assistance. It's got a fireball under the hood. Yeah. Not whiskey. Well, that's But actually a fireball. <laughs> oh, you know, what are you going to do? Are true. you going to be equipped to handle it? Um, you know, even coming up on bad actors and just kind of preparing for a bad scenario. It's, if it's something that you've thought about and consciously, you know, uh, walk yourself through how you're going to deal with this and what you're going to do and what your limits are and what your capabilities are in a realistic manner, you're, you're going to be able to react to that situation all the better. Um, you know, I think... I think you're right about that. Um, so, yeah, Matt, our our dad did teach us a lot of that stuff. And there's a verse that <clears throat> in the Bible that kind of speaks to some of this. Um, and it kind of, I don't know. Um, our dad always taught us this, this code. It was his code of conduct. And the verse is found in Isaiah 56. It's verse 1. For those of you who have a Bible or have an app or maybe you just want to push pause and, you know, look it up for yourself. Hey, can can I do a, just a random fun fact here? Yeah. The Bible is the most shoplifted book in the history of books. Doesn't that just seem weird? I'm, I'm oddly okay with yeah, this. Yeah, I'm really okay with that. Like, I, I mean, I you know, lie. if you're like, shoplifting... If- and you grab the Bible, like hopefully you're learning that that's uh, not okay. Yeah, hopefully that's, that's you know where yeah, I was yeah. going. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hopefully yeah. you're learning from it. It should be to steal the greatest teachings. I of just mankind. hope you're not using those better pages yourself. as rolling oh. papers. <laughs> well, hang Matt on, that Hansen. actually might be... Matt Hansen. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't smoke the devil's lettuce. I know it was oregano. Much. Hey, that's a story okay. for a different day. Anyway, so in. In Isaiah 56, chapter 1, or verse 1, it says, Maintain justice and do what is right. For my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Mm. And justice and doing the right thing are are things that are very important to me, um, myself. Uh, There's a story that, you know, happened when uh, when I was a kid. And, um, you know, I know this podcast is getting a little lengthy. So I might uh, I might share that on our on our next week's episode, um, but it it kind of helped shape me. It kind of helped give me that man of action moment that was like burned into my burned into my soul and my memories. Like I cannot I cannot unsee those events that unfolded in front of me that night. And I was a little kid headed to church. So maybe we'll talk about that on our next episode Um, because I know this is getting a little long and some of you guys probably have better things to do than listen to uh, a couple of chuckleheads talking about Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we even doing this then? So that people can listen to chuckleheads talking. Hasn't it been like just three minutes? I mean... Look, your perception of time... Wow, dude. Three minutes, huh? 
I was going to say at least. There's like, a dirty joke in there somewhere, people. But I'm not going right, to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not saying it. I was going to say. Dave, if you no, had a not. mind, I would no, try to get out of the gutter. You're. <laughs> I was going to say. I don't know how I feel about that. At least I'm, you know, enjoying a beer or two. Heck yeah, man. Hey, to drinking. To drinking. Drinking with friends. I'm talking all, about I'm empty. I'm, I'm empty, too. You guys are really slow. Cheers to nothing. No, to nothing. see, it's I've empty. Got, can I go I, on a I side tangent some. here, by the way? I don't know. Maybe. Um, you know, so I don't know how many listeners, maybe four or five you guys have now. Well, we did Me just included. start, Mr. Judgmental. Yeah, um, I'm no, not we're sure, diving into some deep stuff here. When okay? I heard these guys' first episode, I was like, hey, you know, the quality, the audio quality here is pretty good, and they, they must have a pretty nice setup. But I gotta tell you guys that this is the exact opposite of Joe Rogan's podcast. All right, that's it. This is thank you for coming. This is a on next on a week's table. episode. We will talk about it's a craft table and the microphones on a You're a craft table, I swear to God. Men of action part two. Woo! See you next week. <laughs>